This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside Tom Schreier. Friday morning, about 8.30 a.m. Central Time. Late night last night with the NFL Draft. Vikings pick at number 23. Kwesi and Kevin didn't talk until after the first round, assuming that they we're at least trying to wheel and deal, but not, not a lot of things to do with, with only five draft picks um, at their disposal to start the night. Um, only four now because the Vikings have selected Jordan Addison, receiver out of USC, with the number 23 overall pick. Tom, what's your initial reactions on Jordan Addison, now a member of the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, I mean, I can see from the scouting reports and whatnot, and obviously he was kind of on the radar, right? We had written about him a little bit. Um, why they'd like him as a receiver, right? In a vacuum, um, why you kind of take that gamble. It is probably the third most, most likely outcome I thought would happen, right? You know, just drafting receiver in general, you look kind of the bust rate and the, um, the gamble of, of taking a receiver, even though you need someone opposite Jefferson. Um, I thought it was more likely they'd trade down um, and, and get some more draft picks and kind of fill out this defense. Um, and I also thought with, with Levis dropping and with, hooker on the board like given the quarterback situation they have maybe they'd take that gamble over the receiver um clearly didn't want levis i think hooker people know at this point i mean there's people who are pretty pretty on board with him probably and and we're upset the vikings passed but like what the risks are with, with a guy that age with his injury history with the system he was in um and i think maybe they just looked at it as this is a weak draft like why would we pick up and you know a second maybe and you know something else in the third whatever it would be um when these guys, when it may not fill out the defense, if you had more picks. So I kind of understand what they did. Um, I was just a little surprised. I was kind of waiting for them to trade down once, once it became clear they weren't interested in Levis and, and, you know, it didn't seem like they wanted hooker either. Yeah. That's where I was at. I mean, the board seemed to, to fall so well in their favor, you know, as the draft progressed, I think you could see people, I guess, quote unquote, reach because because we think it's a reach now. But like someone like Jack Campbell going number 18 overall to, to the to the Lions seems like a reach in a vacuum. If the guy plays 10 years in the league, then it's a fine pick. But based on where prognosticators had guys going, we saw certain people <clears throat> reached on ahead of the Vikings pick. Left kind of a lot of options on the board when they were at 23. And, and I was kind of with you, Tom. We were just in the media room thinking like, all right, well, it's only a matter of time before, before we get the, the news that they're trading back and that they're not picking until tomorrow. <laughs> like, they're just going to trade out of the first round completely, gain a little bit more draft capital, and, and, and you know, try again tomorrow. Um, I think that speaks to how much they like Jordan Addison, too. Like, we, we were talking to Kwesi Dofamensa and Kevin O'Connell yesterday. Like, they both brought up just his natural ability with, within the receiver position, how everything he does looks natural. Um, not the biggest guy, 5'11", 175, not the fastest guy. I think he ran a 4'49 at the 40 or, you know, 4'49", at the combine. Uh, but the way he wins is so natural. And that's what these guys said. Um, he separates um, better than most um, receivers in this class. And, and we kind of saw a run on receivers. I think it was a historic run. Um, I don't think four receivers have ever gone one, two, mm -hmm. you know, one, two, three, four in a row. Um, but of the receivers that went in the first round, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnson, yeah. Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, as far as route running ability and ability to separate, is above 
almost all, every single one of those players. And, and yeah. I think that's what, what threw them to, to him. Um, but I was with you. I thought uh, they'll trade down, you know, according to our guy, Luke Inman, deep cornerback draft, they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll get someone in the second round and they'll have just more picks at their disposal. Obviously not the case. Um, and, and like I said, I think it speaks to how much they like Asim. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the cornerback points important that like there was probably another option now, who knows with, with so many front offices running analytics, like the, you know what I mean? Like it, it probably becomes tougher to, to trade down. Um, especially as the two quarterbacks that are falling don't seem to be super valued. Right. Um, and that's really the quarterbacks, the position you, you would trade out for. I think it makes a lot of sense to, if you're replacing Thielen, like get a route runner, right? That was his ticket in the NFL. Obviously he's a gifted athlete, obviously was overlooked at some point, right? Everyone kind of knows the story and that like looking back, like you'd think a division one program would have taken a, a risk on him. But um, I think with Addison specifically, like maybe he replaces that and maybe that's where that confidence comes from, right? If Quasey and, and if O'Connell are emphasizing the route running, if Thielen's one of his best traits was a route run, running, like, that's as close as you can get to like let's go replace this guy in the draft 30 something player right 20 something player and i do see the confidence in that right like most of these guys who don't pan out in the nfl have like the receivers have like an absurd amount of talent right and you look at the film and you you know even like a casual college football fan knows who they are because of the high highlight reel plays and then the insiders go and look and go He's just like more athletic than the corners, right? That and like the system works where where you know like the quarterback makes a simple read or whatever. Um, assuming this guy is as good as Addison is as good a route runner as like he's purported to be, like it is probably the the trait to gamble on, right? That like I think that does translate to the NFL where athleticism does. It's just he's playing in an entirely different league, like better corners, better safeties, more complex defenses, all that stuff. Yeah, and I, I think your point about Adam Thielen makes sense. I mean, it, it's a perfect – if you were to just create a player in a lab that would slide alongside Justin Jefferson, yeah, it, it would look a lot like Jordan Addison. Um, they need someone who can kind of occupy the areas of the field um, that are left open when teams sell out to, to take away Justin Jefferson. Um, we've seen that, right, like in the past couple of years as Justin Jefferson has started to rise – as Adam Thielen has kind of started to fall, like teams are doubling JJ and saying yeah. anybody else beat us. And a lot of times last year, the Vikings had trouble with that before, you know, they went yeah. out and acquired TJ Hawkinson at the trade deadline. Um, and, and I still think even with taking Addison number 23, like TJ Hawkinson's probably your number two pass catcher next year. But this yeah. just gives you more options down the road, places and areas within kind of roster construction to grow. Um, and like you still have KJ Osborne; he's just I, he, he's a good receiver. Um, yeah, but he's pending free agent next year. Um, you know, some people feel he's better suited kind of in in the role he's in now. Um, and and now you're not asking him to play above himself, but he he was he was a productive receiver as as a number three guy last year. Um, could he have played number two this year? Probably. Mm -hmm. um, but now you have kind of just more options at your disposal if you're the Vikings. If they want to, you know, if opposing teams want to double Justin Jefferson. Well, now they don't just have to worry about TJ Hawkinson and KJ Osborne. They have to worry about the number 23 pick in the draft, Jordan Addison. So um, I think when you, you see what teams have started to do to try and take away Justin Jefferson, 
uh, Kevin O'Connell said yesterday, like we want to make them pay for doing that. Um, this is a way to do that. Um, yeah. It's also a smarter bet telling Osborne, you have to be the receiver three, right? I mean, that's kind of your job now, um, but you have to compete for two. That's a very different message than two is yours or, you know what I mean? Like something like that. Um, yeah. I think it's reasonable expectations for Osborne. I think he's a good player. I just think they're going to see more upside in a guy like Addison. They should. That's why they drafted him in the first round. But um, there is something both in having like the big target, the the Hawkinson, where it's like you can't you can't ignore him for for very obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think multiple options should also be another strategy, right? Or is another strategy for um, taking pressure off Jefferson. And I think it tells you that instead of really scaling back and going super heavy and and placing more emphasis on the running game right like as kind of the alternative right it's mm-hmm. it's more like this is still ramsey in right it's 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 like the rams had multiple options it probably helped cooper cup out right and i think they're just kind of giving themselves options here and, and a guy like addison should be more likely to succeed again assuming they evaluate the talent correctly assuming he puts in the work and all that like he should succeed in this offense more than let's say the Zimmer Kubiak scheme or something like that, or another team that doesn't, right? Like they should know what to do with them. So I think it's more likely a receiver succeeds under O'Connell than a lot of other situations. Yeah. He's very Robert Woodsy um, mm-hmm. in his, in his way he wins, you know, Robert Woods, more of a slender guy. I think he's a USC guy too. So it's like, <clears throat> you can kind of see, yeah, the, sure, they went out and traded for TJ Hawkinson, signed Josh Oliver on the first day of free agency, but they, they still want to throw the ball. And um, this kind of makes it you know, easy for Kirk Cousins this year, makes his life easier um, You know, in the final year of his contract. I also think it makes <clears throat> whoever is the heir apparent down the road's life easier um, yeah. as they try and – if it's a rookie quarterback acclimating to the NFL, um, having Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison uh, makes things a little bit easier. <clears throat> Maybe you draft a rookie quarterback next year <clears throat> and you're not ready for that guy to start right away. So you, you get a bridge guy. Um, yeah. I don't know who that looks like. Um, well, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably an over exact, like a hyperbolic example of, of what I'm getting at, but someone who can get you a year, a year and a half, two years until that rookie quarterback is ready. Whoever that may be, having Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison helps with that too. Um, so, so you can see the reasoning behind it. But Tom, it seemed like you were pretty, um, you know, steadfast on trade back, take a defensive guy. If they yeah. weren't able to trade back, and it looked like in the live shot that we saw from the draft coverage, which very well might not have been a live shot. It could have been from however many minutes earlier. Yeah. We saw Quasi on the phone. Um, looked like he was trying to work the phone, per- perhaps to move back um, at that point when they were on the clock. If they're not moving back, would you have preferred to see them take a defender there at 23 rather than, than Addison, given you know all the reasons that we've talked about why it's a good pick, notwithstanding? Yeah, so I mean, my mentality was like, could you get a linebacker? I just think that would have required a trade back because my understanding was there was not like an obvious choice there, right? And like, doesn't make sense to reach for a linebacker, even though that will be a position of need right. at 23. Um, and so you're probably talking corner, right? And, the, you know, if you look at kind of people were listing all these guys out, the reality is 
I think the the bust rate there too is pretty high, right? It's kind of maybe not receiver, but it's kind of in that ballpark, and like that comes down to eval, right? I mean, I, I my assumption is that like Quasi was working the phones trying to get someone who really wanted Levis or Hooker, right? And no one wanted him that bad that he was given the capital that they wanted, and I think um, the risk profile is similar. So to me, it's like makes sense to go get a defensive player but especially if like flores is i mean i'm assuming he's part of this process right if flores is telling i'm like eh, i don't i'm not really sold on any of these guys right yeah. um and i think the truth is if if flores was standing on the table you know metaphorically like they would have done it you know what i'm saying so like i think you know a like o'connell should be able to and west phillips should be able to identify the right receiver but i think secondly like i think i think if one of these guys was like a sleeper maybe not Xavier Rhodes, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like Flores goes, I can really turn this guy into something. You know, he's just not getting drafted as high because he's not as pro ready. Right. That's the, that's kind of profile of the guy you get at 23. If he was going, dude, give me a year or two with this guy. He's going to be a star. I think, uh, I think it would have happened. And so I'm inclined to believe like <clears throat> given, given, you know, like cornerback success at that position, they looked at those options. They probably would have traded down if they got the right deal. Someone desperate for Levis, desperate for Hooker, and because that's not the case, go. It's almost kind of go with best player available, or at least between a receiver and corner, the best corner receiver available in that spot. Yeah, that, that is a good point. <coughs> I think if Brian Flores, given how much and you know the Vikings invested and in, in how hell bent they were on bringing him along you know, on board this off season, if he was saying, I have to have Deontay Banks, like I have to have Joey Porter Jr. Like there's, there, maybe there's a chance that they just do it. And, and they say, okay, but I keep going back to what Luke Inman said. And what I've read is like, if this is truly a deep cornerback draft, which for all the faults of this draft and, and, and it's seeming relatively weak in certain areas, it does seem cornerback, you know, has, more ping pong balls and you know in the canner like it, it seems like if you're going to have that as an option on day two you know, there's going to be just more options there for on day two as opposed to receivers on day one um you know i think you're banking on the fact that whoever the, the vikings bring in and they're going to go defense day two they have one day two pick i wouldn't be surprised if they package some of their day three picks or a future next year to move up and you know get another pick at day two tonight. Um, and then it's on Flores to whoever they take to mold that player and you know into a player that, that that's going to be impactful down the road. But uh, to your point about if he's not standing on the table clamoring for a guy, which we, I guess we don't know if that's what he maybe he was. But if yeah. he, I have a feeling if he was doing that, if he was saying get me this guy, they would have just done it. Um, because it's such a deep draft, because he is a coach with, with history of success. Um, going offense here, going your best player on the board, if that's what they had Jordan Addison as, um, and then just hoping you can hit on someone later, you know, in the second round, third round, you know, into day three. Um, it just makes sense. It's, it's smart drafting. Um, there, there are some guys out there still. Uh, Joy Porter Jr. is still there. Um, problem for the Vikings, they don't pick till 87. So yeah, it's, it's going to cost a lot for them to trade up into this early part of the second round to go get a guy like that. Um, but there's going to be other cornerbacks that, that are there when, when, when they're on the board. 
Yeah, there's such a funny because you mentioned 87, 87, 119, which is the the pick they got from the Lions. Mm -hmm. 158, 211. I think that's uh, from Conklin. That's like a six round pick. Um, Doesn't give you a lot to work with. They're going to have to like, I don't want to get into 2024 right now in the middle of a draft, but like, you know what I mean? Like they're going to have to choose players that year. (laughs) So, so, um, so I think, you know, you got to be a little careful kind of, you know, it's Robin Peter to pay Paul or whatever. Like, you know, like they, they have to have some foresight in what they're doing here. And it just, they don't have a ton to work with in terms of, um, uh, in terms of draft capital, in terms of like, yeah, you'd want to pick ahead 87. I think obviously Flores really wants them when they'd move up. I just think Quasi is going to be against that from an analytical perspective. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, there are these question marks, right? What do you do at corner? Uh, what's the succession plan for Kirk? Um, I mean, there's that's the that's the issue with Addison is it sort of answers one question, which is really they must have been sold on him, right? And I uh, and I guess you need someone opposite Jefferson. It leaves a lot of a lot of questions open for for the immediate future, but also just like, hey, what's the competitive rebuild plan for not just next year but twenty four? Yeah, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered still. Um, but you know, you could we could do the same song and dance say they went corner last mm-hmm. night. yeah yeah and we'd be like okay well what happens when kj osborne's contract's up next year is kj osborne ready to be a number two like yeah you know, like how do we create an environment on offense that's conducive to kirk's success now and a, his successor's success later like there, there's always going to be those talking points but this is a big draft for quasi and even if he only has four picks left and it's a big developmental year for his first draft class. Cause he talked about that two year window where a lot, you know, they had 10 draft picks last year. Like a lot of those guys, they, they expect to be starters this year, impact players this year. We're talking the Lewis scenes, the Andrew Booth Jr., yeah. Caleb yeah. Evans, Brian Osamoa. If those guys pan out, if they're, if they're good players, if they're starters and then they, they make an impact this year, then all of a sudden that draft, from last year looks a little bit better and you're, and you're saying, wow, that, you know, that, that their plan all along worked out. If it doesn't, and you better hit on this draft. Um, and you only have four picks to do it. Quasi did talk about like, you know, like the efficiency being efficient with your picks. And I think that's just kind of the buzzwords that you use when you don't have a lot of them. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. do you feel comfortable with four picks? And he's like, Oh, I've always thought it's not about like, how many picks you have and how, how you use the picks you do have. Well, that sounds like someone only has four picks the rest of the way. Well, I mean, you know, it's a little, it's a little like when you title a story, you're like, think about what the opposite would be. Right. And that yeah. would tell you if it's a good title, like it's, you can say that with a statement too. Like, first of all, what maybe Seattle's GM would be like, you know, sometimes you just blow a pick, right. It, Seattle's always yeah. the team that like does something random, but like, yeah, most of them go, yeah, you know, I just don't really care who I take in the third round, right, or whatever. But I, I think uh, being efficient actually reads to me like, yeah, I'm not, if anything, I'm trading back, right? I'm not, yeah. like, moving. That, that's the only read I have. And to be fair, I think they end up with more than five. I just, I don't think you're going to see the Spielman thing. That's inefficient, right? Having seven, eight or fourth, seventh rounders or whatever the hell he had that one year. But, like, yeah. Um, I do think that he's going to multiply them a little bit somehow. Um, and given how this is shaking out, there may be, even though, again, like you're not talking about a first round quarterback, 
if Levis just keeps dropping. If I mean, Hooker and Levis look better in the third round, right? You know what I mean? Or whatever. Or like, you know, think of Tune or some of these guys who are like late, late Seston Bennett. Like, that's actually probably where you get someone. You know what I mean? Someone gets a little antsy and they're like, someone else might grab. And you go, hey, I'll give you the pick ahead of that guy. Right. And like, um, yeah, I don't know. Efficiency. I mean, obviously they want to run an efficient organization or whatever. I just, yes, it's efficiency out of necessity. It's because you traded for Hawkinson and, you know, you moved off a lot of these picks here. Yeah. Not to open a, a whole can of worms because we're going to wrap here, but something to keep an eye on too. Like maybe it's not draft capital next year that, that you used to trade up into today two of the draft. Maybe it is someone like Dalvin Cook. Uh, maybe Zedarius. it is someone, uh, like Zadarius Smith. Those guys were never going to fetch you a first round pick. Probably won't fetch you a second yeah. either. But when you get into that third round pick area, that's where it starts to maybe make sense. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we saw one of those guys move tonight. I, I know, you know, like that's, it's got to be very much on the table because of just looking at what the Vikings have done this off season, essentially signing their, their contingency plans for both players. Um, re-upping with Alexander Madison at the running back position and signing Marcus Davenport. Yeah. Yeah. Position. Gives you the ability to, if you find the right trade partner, and I think that looks like on draft day, um, to go ahead and pull the trigger there. So something to keep an eye on. Also, there's always a Trey Lance rumor. Um, and there is. That's just going to exist until he's there or until the draft's over. So. Um, we will keep an eye on both of those things that, you know, as the draft kind of progresses tonight and into the weekend. I'll be honest without uh, again, opening the whole can, like <laughs> this will tell us a lot, like whether, cause we've seen Quasi move down. We've seen him navigate the board, yep. even though that he'll take a risk A receiver in the first round is a risk. Um, can you move players on draft day? And it's not just moving players. It's every team knows if you're running the organization efficiently, you can't have a running back, you know, contract like that. Yep. Um, especially when they re-upped with Madison and they know that Zadarius Smith said goodbye. Right. And I just think that's really weird. Like I just, anything's possible in the NFL. I think it's be weird if we show up in August and all of us are like, so Zadarius, you have this like weird post <laughs> where you yeah. say goodbye to all these players who are like, you're also teammates with now. You know what I mean? I just don't, I know weirder things happen in the NFL. It just, that doesn't seem likely. Sure. Um, and, uh, Although weirdly, Zadarius Smith is actually kind of an efficient contract. But like, I think there are teams that will value him. I think you're right. That's they'll value him more on day two, day three. I think it's a team that goes, yeah, I just grab. I mean, I don't know if it's the Colts specifically, but like I grabbed, you know, a rookie quarterback. I got to take some pressure off him. Cook can still make a monster play. He can actually use him in the passing game. I got to go get that. Or it's a team that goes, man, we missed on the edge we wanted early, right? The guy is ready in the round one, round two let's take a risk on Zedaria because Zedaria Smith is a special player when he's healthy. So um, I don't, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I think to be fair, this is where like Quasey has to go like full kind of wall street Quasey where he's, you know, probably harassing people and like, you know, you got to have him. You missed out on your guy. I know it. You know what I mean? You got to, you got to go get this, right? You got to go into cell mode. Right. And like, this is a test. I think it's like, we're learning things about Quasey as it goes along. Right. I think we, we have so much more knowledge about O'Connell, obviously you take it game to game and just, he had a really good year. Yep. Um, I think with Quasey, there's still a lot of these unknowns, even though again, his draft class looks a little better or whatever we know about his background and all this stuff, but like, this is the next test. Can you take, again, these are players. So I want to be careful, but you know, like wall street Quasey goes, these are distressed assets. Can I move them? Right. And it's like, let's see it happen. You know, 
All right, that's all we got for this episode of Inside Purple and Gold. Friday morning, draft coming up Friday night. Probably won't record unless something huge happens. Um, we'll wait until kind of the whole thing wraps up and give you more of a, a holistic breakdown either Sunday or Monday. But thanks for stopping by. For Tom Schreier, I'm Dane Mizutani. See you next time. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.